Today's daf is Mem Gimel. We are on Mem Bet Amud Bet, very bottom of the page, last two lines. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Af So we're talking about, uh, so first of all, Tachshitein Hashiv, it sounds like it means uh, jewelry, but jewelry obviously is not chamed, right? So it says, what do you mean, Tachshitein Hashiv, Zalgadat, what do you mean, jewelry? There's no such uh, chamed. So Ela Ema Af Nashim. There are certain, like, uh, sort of uh, cosmetics that they use that were, um, Made from chametz. Zamar Rabbi Yehuda Marav Benot Yisrael sheigul pirkam veleigul shanim. If there were girls who started to reach puberty too early, so it says they would start growing hair in certain places, but they were too young and they would be embarrassed and want to remove it. So benot anim toflot habasid. The young, the the girls who were poor would use lime. Benot ashirim toflot otan besolet. They would use the the women who were the families who were more wealthy. They would use flour and and the and the, the princesses would use shemen amor, which is a myrrh oil. Like it says with the that they would use the shemen amor. My shemen amor, which in Masechet Megillah Rashi says that's balsam oil. And Rabbi Yirmiya Baraba Amar Shemen Zeshalayviyashalish. That's talking about the oil from olives that did not reach a third of their growth, meaning prematurely removed olives. They would take the oil from them since they're not going to be edible and they would use it as a type of a, a skin cream. So it was called anpiknin, I guess in Greek, um, is olive oil that was taken from very young olives that had not reached maturity. Why do you use it? So what it would do was it would remove hair, extra hair, unwanted hair, and it would freshen up the skin. So these were so the point, the, the reason that they're bringing this is because one of the things that they would use for their skin or for removal of extra hair was solet. It was a type of flour. And so that, that's what it says when it says tachshitein nashim. It's referring to that. Now, it wasn't just plain solet, but it was probably mixed with the other things as well. And uh, so, so that's why Rabbi Eliezer is saying that since it was, first of all, not prepared for human consumption and probably also mixed with other things, that's why, uh, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's still forbidden to keep it on Pesach. We said that the, uh, anything which is a type of flour, which is from a type of, a, uh, of a grain, Right, so if it's mixed with other things, so there is a, uh, a it's prohibited to eat it, obviously, but uh, you don't get karet. So it says Tanya, it said in the right, I'm going to show you a question. You know, because from the since the rabbis already told us the concept, why did they give the examples? Like in the Mishnah, it says, oh, there's the beer from a madai, and there's the there's the vinegar from here, and then there's also the kutach habavli from Bavel. You have the dip. Why do you have to just say? If it's if chametz is mixed into something, you're not allowed to eat it. Why do you have to give examples? So it says ragil So people will know them by name. They hear, oh, would you like some zetoma mitzri? Sorry, I know that I'm not allowed to drink. Would you like some? Sh-? You know that that's on the list of things you're not allowed to take, so you won't take it. There was a person from the west, meaning. From Israel, he came to Bavil. He wanted to eat some meat, but he said, He asked the people, "Could you have any dip that I could put my food? I need a dip, so I'm dipping it, right?" So I said, "Sure." He heard that they were going to bring him kutach. Now, what he wouldn't know what kutach is. He's not from there. How does he know what kutach is? From the Mishnah, he knows kutach is dairy, and he has meat. Right, so Kevan de Shama Kutach, since he heard them calling it Kutach, and he knows that Kutach is this dairy dip, how does he know it? He knows it from the Mishnah. He never had it before, they didn't have it in Israel, it was Babylonian. But he knew what it was, so it's good for people to be aware of these things. These are things that are prohibited to eat, but they're not, they don't have karet with them because they're mixed. So Mantana, the Chametz Dagan Gamur Adetarovet, Vin Nokshe 
Beloved, so the, our Mishnah holds two things, two important principles. Number one, that if you have chametz that is mixed in, which is chametz gamur, meaning it's 100% chametz, but it's mixed in as an ingredient in something else, then it is biblically prohibited to eat that tarovet. The mixture is also prohibited, right? That's, that's one thing our Mishnah holds. Even though it says you don't get karet, but it says that you, it's prohibited, number one. Number two is chametz nukshe. Nukshe means that the chametz is not mixed with anything else. It's not diluted. But it is not made for human consumption. It's something that's used as glue. It's something that's used as a hair removal. Whatever. Not, it's not for human consumption. Both of, also says it's prohibited to eat it. Min and you're not even allowed to keep it. So who is the, who is the Tana that holds these two things? I'm Rav Yudah Marav, Rabbi Meiri. Rav Yudah said the name of Rav, it's Rabbi Meir. The Tana we learned, Seor Yisareif, and Odolot Kalbo, Vauchlo Barabaim. So we have a Brita that actually itself is a little bit problematic. This is not seor, it's seor. What's seor? Seor is uh, dough that is in the process of becoming chametz, but it's not there yet. So we're going to learn in a Mishnah in this parak a little bit later that there's a machloket at what point something is really considered chametz. According to Rabbi Meir, and uh, he says that once it starts to change color, the dough becomes like a whitened color, okay? So that shows that the, cham- the chimutz process, it began. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that doesn't mean anything changing of color. When does it start? When did it start becoming chametz? When you see cracks in the dough that stick up. There's little pointy, uh, pointy things in the dough. It says kikarnecha gavim. They look like uh, the horns of um, grasshopper uh, horns. That shows you that that it's becoming chametz. He says, and when they are mixed together, when you have them overlapping, when these bumps in the dough, like. Combined together, that shows that it's actually chametz. So you have three stages. You have the stage where the dough changes color, becomes more pale. That, according to Rabbi Meir, is called seor, which means it is in the process of becoming chametz. You're not, it's now, it's not matzah anymore, right? But it's not fully chametz. That's, so it's considered chametz nokseh. It's considered to be spoiled chametz, not good chametz, because it's not chametz enough to be edible, but it's not matzah, Okay. According to Rabbi Yehuda, no, it's, we've changed color, that's still not chametz at all. That's still fine, you could still eat that even. But once it start, you start seeing the pointy bumps and cracks, then it's seor, and now it's considered to be in the process of becoming chametz, so you're not allowed to eat it, even though it's not fully chametz, so it's called chametz nokshet, it's called chametz that is spoiled. So it's saying Rabbi Meir is the author of our Mishnah. Why? How do we see that? Because, this time seor seor has to be burnt, okay? And you can give it to your dog, and if you eat it, you get whipped 40 lashes. So wait a second, what do you mean? How can you say you have to burn it and also give it to your dog? Hagufa kashya. That's intrinsically contradiction. contradiction. On one hand, you told me that this incomplete chametz, this, this, this thing that began to become chametz, you have to burn it. But then you tell me that, so, it, but if you're telling, that, that means that you can't benefit from it. But then you said you could give it to your dog. That means you could benefit from it. So which is it? So he says, Ah, Seor Yisaref, Rabbi Meir Rabbi Meir. Meaning, seor, if it is, uh, it has to be burnt, according to Rebbe Meir, meaning Rebbe Meir's version of what seor is, which is, once it becomes whitened, okay, once it starts turning white, so that for Rebbe Meir is already something you have to burn. And Rebbe Yehuda's definition of seor, which is, that it starts having bumps in it, that is, also has to be burnt. But, but what Rabbi Meir considers Seor is according to Rabbi Yehuda, totally fine. 
Right? He doesn't hold that there's any problem with it at all. He says, that you can give to your dog. Meaning, something that for Rebbe Meir is already in the process of becoming chametz. Because it changed color. So it's called chametz nokshe. It's called like, not really chametz because it's not really edible, but it's in the process. So according to Rebbe Meir, you have to burn that. But according to Rebbe Yehuda, you can even feed it to your dog. It's no problem. Okay, however, and then we go back to Rabbi Meir at the end of the Mishnah and say, or at the end of the Brayta and say, that if you eat it, you get makot. In other words, Rabbi Meir is saying, according to me, once it changes color, you have to burn it. It's already considered that it's in the process of chimutz. And if you eat it, you're going to get makot. Even though it's what's called chametz nokshe. Now, according to Rabbi Yehuda, what I, Rabbi Meir, consider to be in the process of chimutz, according to Rabbi Meir, is nothing. According to Rabbi Yehuda, is not didn't even start yet. It's fine, but according to me, this is the halacha. If it changed color, you have to burn it, and you can't give it to your dog. According to Rabbi Meir, and you have, you get makot if you eat it. That's called chametz nokshe. Now that would support our mishnah. So shamina le Rabbi Meir nokshe be'enei belav. So the implication that we're going to derive from that is this, that, that Rebbe Meir says that if you have chametz nokshe, you have chametz that is uh, spoiled, basically, because it hasn't achieved chimutz yet. It hasn't become chametz yet, but it's in the process. That's called spoiled. That's called chametz nokshe, inedible chametz. He's saying if you eat that, you're going to get makot. And it's saying, Kalvachomer, if you had actual good, delicious chametz and it got into a mixture, then that's going to be at least as bad, if not worse. Right? So this uh, uh, opinion here, now that's Rav is saying, Rav is the one who's reporting this. This is Rav Yudan, the name of Rav. That, that if a person maintains that chametz nokshe is prohibited, meaning chametz that is not really edible, it's spoiled basically, it's not really edible. If he says that, then definitely he's going to say that the edible chametz mixed in something else is going to be prohibited, right? Because it should be even stronger because it's actually edible chametz. Who cares that it's mixed in something else? Okay, that's the, that's the first opinion. Now, Rav Nachman, Rabbi Eliezer, Rav Nachman says, no, so, so that would, so that, the point is that Rabbi Yudah is saying that our Mishnah would follow Rabbi Meir because it's saying that chametz nokshe, spoiled chametz is prohibited and also chametz mixed in a, uh, in a, in a tarovet, in, in a mixture with other things is prohibited. Now, Rav Nachman says, no, it could be Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer said, if you eat chametz dagan gamur, you eat absolute chametz, you're going to get karet. And if you eat a mixture of it, it's a lotas and you'll get whipped. You won't get karet, but you get whipped. That's like our Mishnah. Whereas the rabbis say, if you eat chametz dagan, if you eat chametz that's 100% chametz, like a piece of bread, then you get karet. And if you eat it mixed into something else, you don't get makot. They're not saying below klum, you're allowed to eat it. They're saying that you won't get any punishment for that. So that's not our Mishnah, because our Mishnah is implying that you are liable for it. Okay, you just don't get karet. So, but Rabbi Eliezer here is saying that if you have it in a mixture, you would be liable. And then what does Rav Nachman do with that? He says, ah, so, Vishamina lay the Rabbi Eliezer, we get from Rabbi Eliezer, so if you see that chametz mixed into a mixture, is a low tasset to eat it. It's a negative commitment to eat it. So, so definitely, then, if you had spoiled chametz on its own, you would be liable too. Right? So in other words, the, the thing is like this. The question is, what's worse? The machloket here between Rav Nachman and Rav Yehuda is, what's worse? Do we say, if I can prove that you say that spoiled chametz on its own, meaning the, the chametz that's in the process of becoming chametz, but it's not yet. Spoiled chametz. 
If I can prove it, that is prohibited. Then kal definitely, if I had good chametz and it was mixed into a soup, it's going to be prohibited. Or I say, no, the other way around. What's the more, in other words, that's implying that when I'm working with real chametz, with tasty chametz, being in a mixture, that's a more strict application than non-tasty, disgusting chametz in it, on its own. So if I'm going to say that the chametz that's spoiled is prohibited, then definitely the one that is good that's mixed in is going to be prohibited. Or I could say the other way around. Good chametz that's mixed in, I'm not really eating the chametz directly. I'm eating it in a me- different medium, right? So if I, so if I hold that that's prohibited, then kal v'chomer, I would say that the chametz that's spoiled is prohibited if I eat it on its own, right? So the question is, which is stricter? So Rabbi Yehuda was saying from the fact that Rabbi Meir says you can't eat chametz that is not really edible yet because it's in the process of chimut, definitely he'll say that good chametz mixed into a soup is prohibited. Rav Nachman says, no, it's the other way around. From the fact that Rabbi Eliezer says that good chametz mixed in the soup is prohibited, definitely he would say that chametz that's not so tasty, but it's by itself is going to be prohibited. That's the, that's the argument between the two of them. Now, for Rav Nachman, my time, Allah, Amak Rav Yehuda. So why didn't Rav Nachman go with Rav Yehuda? Because he'll say, Because he'll say, you're assuming that just because Rabbi Meir says that chametz that is incomplete and not fully edible, just because he says that if you eat that, you're liable, then definitely good chametz mixed into a soup is going to be liable. But maybe not. Maybe that's not true. How do you know he goes that far? Maybe the reason why he's being strict about the chametz nokshe, the chametz that is on its own and not, not in a good state, is because it's on its own. But maybe he wouldn't agree with you. Right? And on the other hand, Rav Yehuda, my time, Aloha, Makrav, Nachman, Amalachan, Kan lo kamar, Rabbi Eliezer, Adam, Elachavet, Zagan, Gamur, Al Deit, Arovet, Aval, Nokshe, Beinelo. And Rav Yehuda, and Rav Nachman will say the opposite. He'll say, maybe over there, I'm sorry, Rav Yehuda, rather, will say the opposite about Rabbi Eliezer. Maybe Rabbi Eliezer, who said that delicious chametz mixed in a soup is prohibited, that's because it's delicious chametz. So who cares if it's in a soup or it's on its own? But maybe chametz nokshe that's not delicious, Maybe he would say, it's not prohibited. How do you know? In other words, each one is arguing because neither one of these Tanaim says both cases. So if you think that the case of chametz nokshah, the spoiled chametz on its own, is more obvious than good chametz in a mixture, so then you're going to say, well, if a, one of the Tanaim says that good chametz in a mixture is prohibited, then definitely the chametz nokshah on its own is going to be prohibited. But if you say the other way, that chametz nokshah on its own is more obvious than, uh, than a mixture, so you're going to say, uh, or the other way around, in other words, depending on what you're going to say is the more obvious, you'll draw a kalvachomer from it. But since they're arguing about which one of them is more obvious, so, that, so each one's kalvachomer, the other one is going to question it. They're going to say, you're making an assumption that, you're, that, the, that the, the case of spoiled chametz on its own is more strict than the case of it mixed in the, good chametz mixed in the soup. Or you're making a, a, an assumption that good chametz mixed in the soup is more strict than uh, chametz uh, that, uh, on its own that's not in a good state. So that, since they're arguing that point, they can't determine whether Rabbi Eliezer or Rabbi Meir would be the one who's represented in our Mishnah. Okay, but now we see Tanya Kedvateh the Rabbi Yehuda that actually Rabbi Yehuda has a brighter to support him because it says Kol Machmetz Lo Tochelu Don't need any Chametz Rabot Kodach Abavli V'Shechar Madi V'Chometz Adomi V'Zetom Mitzri Those are the four things in our Mishnah that are the mixtures, right? Kol Machmetz Lo Tochelu comes to include those four things. Ah, Yechol Yeh Anush Karet. Maybe you'll think that the person should get Karet for it. Amud Lamar Ki Kol Ochel Chametz V'Nechreta. It says anybody who eats Chametz gets Karet. Al Chametz Zagan Gamur Anush Karet Velo. 
that only if you eat chametz on its own do you get karet. But if you eat it in a mixture, you only have a lota say on you. And who is the person who says that you that you violate a lota say if you uh, if you eat chametz mixed into something else? Who is the one who says that? It is Rabbi Eliezeri, right? Ve'ilu nokshe be'enei loka amar. Whereas, so in other words, in that. Uh, who is the person who says that mixture definitely you get, a, it's a lotase, it's Rabbi Eliezer. And yet here it's not mentioning anything about the chametz nokshe. It's not mentioning anything about the chametz on its own, like in our Mishnah, which is not edible. It doesn't mention that. It only mentions the mixture. Shema mina nokshe Rabbi Eliezer letlei. Okay? In other words, what you see from that Braita, it supports Rabbi Yehuda backwards, basically, not frontwards. Because you see, the question is, can you hold, which one can you hold without the other one? Because whichever one is more strict is going to be implied by the more lenient. So if you say that on the list of things that are strict, chametz nokshe, chametz that is uh, not really in a good condition for eating, should be more lenient than actual good chametz mixed in soup. Okay? So then you're going to say that a person could hold that chametz mixed in soup is prohibited. But chametz nokshe is not prohibited because that's a further level of distance because it was never edible. It's not made for human consumption. But if you're going to say the other way around, that chametz nokshe, since it's on its own, is more strict, since it's independent, not mixed in anything else, is more strict, so then you would have to say... That someone who holds that good chametz mixed in soup is prohibited will definitely have to hold that chametz nokshe is prohibited. Because, you, in other words, you can hold the thing that is supposed to be more lenient and not hold the thing that should be more strict. So what do you see here? You see here that this Braita only mentions mixtures that contain actual chametz as being prohibited. Which means you could hold that mixtures that contain actual chametz are prohibited, but not agree that chametz that is inedible is prohibited, like the glue yeah. or whatever, right? That's, what, that's the assumption, the right? Problem. And so therefore what? So therefore you see that Rav Yehuda is right, <coughs> that if you can find somebody who holds that chametz nokshe is prohibited, that inedible chametz is prohibited, or not pleasantly edible chametz is, is prohibited, then kalvachomer, they're going to hold that a mixture that contains edible chametz is prohibited. And that was what Rav Yehuda was saying, because Rav Yehuda was saying from the fact that Rabbi Meir holds that the chametz that's in the process of chimutz, which is therefore not really so good, is prohibited, definitely he's going to hold that chametz that is good and fully formed put into a soup is prohibited. Definitely, right? Yeah. So you see that that's true because a person can hold the other way. They can hold that, 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 that delicious chametz mixed in the soup is prohibited, but not incomplete chametz. But they're not going to hold the other way around. The other way around is not possible. So that shows that Rabbi Yehuda is right that our Mishnah follows Rabbi Meir. That, bo- that, that chametz, good chametz mixed into soup is prohibited, let's say. And also chametz on its own, which is spoiled to some extent or not fully formed or not fully edible. It's not yet edible to a person is also prohibited. And that's going to be the position of Rabbi Meir. Right? But Rabbi Eliezer, on the other hand, says that a mixture of chametz in other foods is prohibited, but chametz nokshe is not prohibited. Right. The glue wouldn't be prohibited, according to him. Right? For Rabbi Eliezer, where does Rabbi Eliezer get the idea that there's a low tase on eating chametz that is mixed in? 
Because it says, Kol machmetzet, lo tochelu. Kol machmetzet. Any chametz. So that implies that even if it's mixed in something else, it's also prohibited. Okay? But then the Gemara says, Yehachit kareit nami lechayev, da ketiv, ki kol ochel machmetzet v'nechreta. It says, anybody who eats chametz v'nechreta, they're going to be cut off. They're going to have, uh, they're going to have karet. So why doesn't he agree that kol ochel machmetzet v'nechreta? So that should mean that even in a mixture you get karet. If he's saying kol, right? Because saying the word kol means more inclusive. Right? So it says, no, because, I'll tell you no, that's not, that's not the case because, he, he'll say, Because that's a different thing. How do you know that it doesn't matter what method brought about the chimutz? Right? You might have thought that only, it's only called chametz if it came from within. If you didn't add anything to make it chametz, if it naturally became chametz. How do you know, even if it happened through something else, it doesn't matter whether you added some ingredient to stimulate the rising of the dough, like a yeast or something. Yeast by itself is not chametz because the yeast is not, is just a plant. But if you add it, or it's, or it's artificial, but if you add it to the bread and it makes bread, so then that becomes chametz. It doesn't matter what caused, what stimulated it to become chametz. Okay? That doesn't matter. That's where he learns kol machmetzet. So, but kol machmetzet doesn't teach you that you get karet for eating a mixture of chametz. So you have two dinim here. You have one, which is if it's by itself, you get karet. If it's mixed in something else, it's prohibited from the Torah, but it's not karet. So then, if that's true, right? But if that's true, then maybe even the fact that it says kol machmetzet is only telling you that chametz is prohibited no matter whether it became chametz from some other agent or it became chametz by rising on its own. How do you know it's referring to a mixture at all? You're saying the word kol machmetzet tells you that it doesn't matter how it became chametz. So then once you say that, so that, and, and, so that, and v'nechreta, it says v'nechreta, you get cut off. And you say, oh, well, that's because even though it became chametz not through its own natural property, you added something, becomes so, so what difference? So then maybe it's not mentioning mixtures at all? Maybe mixtures are not under the prohibition at all. So it says, no, no, no. So, so it says, Ela tamad rabbi Eliezer mikol, right? It's from the word mikol. So it's not, so it says, and therefore, uh, so it says, hatam nami haketiv kol. Right? In both cases, the word kol is mentioned. There's two psukim here. Right? One pasuk is kol machmetzet lo tochelo. And the other one is, there's two different psukim. One says, anybody who eats machmetzet is going to get cut off and get karet. The other one is, uh, uh, it's two different psukim. Yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, this is talking about people. This talking oh, about it's going to mention that, right? But, but the word kol, you're saying, should be more inclusive, right? Right. So, uh, so okay, there's two different psukim of kol. So one is talking about that it doesn't matter how it became chametz, and one is talking about that even a mixture is included. Right? So now, so now, the, so in other words, the one that says, kikol ochel machmetzet v'nechreta means it doesn't matter how that chametz became chametz, you're still going to get karet for that. And when it says kol machmetzet lo tochelo, it means that anything, even in a mixture, is prohibited, but it doesn't mention karet there. So we're okay, we could say that when it's in a mixture, you don't get karet, you're just liable of a lotase for eating the chametz in that case, right? So, but then the Gemara says, but hahu mibaile, but you need that also, lerabot et hanashim. How do you know that women are not allowed to eat chametz? On Pesach, how do you know? Because it says, says, uh, he'll learn it from somewhere else, the, that women. He'll say, no, 
right? Yeah. Or kol, uh, the, the word kol there is coming to teach you that uh, that women are, uh, are are have to are, uh, are prohibited. So it says, we'll see, we'll see. But the, but the um, so so it says how do you, that the he'll learn that from somewhere else. Damarav yudamarav chendat v'bishmael amarka. We have already a general rule that when it comes to negative commandments, men and women are equal. Right? Because there's no sin that a man is allowed to, that isn't allowed to do, a woman is allowed to do, and vice versa. Sins are sins. You're not allowed to do that. So we already know that they can't eat chametz, women can't eat chametz. You don't need kol ochel chametz or kol ochel machametz to tell you that women are prohibited to eat chametz. So we have two words kol. One of them is to tell you that it doesn't matter how the thing became chametz, it's going to be chametz no matter what. And the other one to tell you that even in a mixture, right? But we don't need an extra pasuk to teach about women. But still it says, it's tarikh. You still need an extra limud. You still, you're still going to need an extra pasuk for women uh, to be included. Why? Because it says you don't, you're not allowed to eat chametz, and for seven days you should eat matzah. Kol sheish no bekum achol matzah, yesh no bekum bebal tochal chametz. V'anei nashi hoel velitneu bekum achol matzah. Tavelei mitzvat aseish azman grama. Because you might have said that, that really eating matzah is a mitzvah time-bound mitzvah. Women should be exempt from that. And since, the, since it's connected to not eating chametz, they should also be able to eat chametz on Pesach. So Kamash Malan, it's coming to tell you, it says, kol ochel chametz. So that means that, you, uh, that, that women are not allowed to eat chametz and, not, and they have to eat matzah. And that would be, oh, she, I, I guess it would all come together then. Yeah, but v'hashtad it so the uh, so that would mean that uh, once we do include them in the prohibition of chametz, so we include them in the prohibition of matzah. So the kol ochel machmetzet is telling you that women are included. Okay, it's not telling you that um, that uh, uh, that uh, a mixture is also also gives you uh, karet. Right. So now it says if the, so then the, it's telling you that women are included in the mitzvah as well. Right? And it says, Kirabi Eliezer. Right? So, the Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Anashim Chayavot Bachilat Matzad Var Torah. We read that already. Right? So it says, because it says women are obligated in eating matzah because Shinema lo tochal alav chametz, etc. Koshi yeshno bebal tochal chametz, yeshno bachilat matzah. Anyone who isn't allowed to eat chametz also has to eat matzah. Vahaninashay. Ho'il vieshnan bebal tochal chametz, yeshno bekumachol matzah. Okay, so therefore, uh, since women are not allowed to eat chametz, they have to eat matzah. And now it's going to come to your point that you said. Because uh, why is it that, uh, that the kol comes to include women? Right? How do you know that the, that the pasuk there of kol comes to, exclude, to, to include women? Umafkat eruvo. Right? And, it, and not... Uh, right, and you're excluding mixtures. You're saying mixtures, you won't get karet for them. But women, it's, the call is to include women. Right? Why don't you say that really it comes to include mixtures? Why are you assuming it's coming to include women? Right, so it's, right, so it's, in other words, the, uh, since it says, it's talking about the people eating. It's not talking about the food. Right? It's talking about the ochlim is the people eating. Right, so since it's talking about the ochlim, right? So it says kai beochlim merabben nechalit. When it says kol machmetzet lo tochelu, it makes sense that it's including a type of a food. 
But when it says kol ochel chametz, that's any person who eats chametz. So it's coming to include a type of person, not a type of food. So therefore, we're saying that the uh, the kol in one case is coming to tell you that it doesn't matter how the chametz became chametz, and the other kol is coming to tell you that it, that whether you're a man or a woman, you're equally obligated in not eating chametz. And neither of these things is going to tell you that a mixture will make you liable for karet. Neither one. Okay? Even though we saw before that uh, in the Pasuk, oh, he good. said, right, he said that, uh, he said that, uh, right, he said that, that he doesn't give the, the reasoning for the, uh, he didn't yet get to the, um, to the reasoning for the, uh, uh, for the mixture because he said, well, if, we'll but we'll see. So now it, now it says like this, but he's, but that you don't get karet is what it is his point. So matkib la Rav Natan avod Ravuna. Rav Natan the father Ravuna raised an objection. Bechol yechad dekai beochli lo merabeh nechalid. Is it true that just because the pasuk of kol is referring to the consumer and not to the object that it can't include more objects? Vatanya ki kol ochel chelav mina beima shirkiv eli. So it says anybody who eats chelav from an animal that could have been a korban. That's why chelav of a chaya is permitted because a chelav of a chaya deer or whatever is permitted because it's never used as a korban. Only animals that, the, that are used as korbanot have the prohibition of chelev. So if you eat chelev from an animal that could be a korban, so that's when it's prohibited. So So that, maybe you'll say that that's only true about animals where it was a, it was a, it was tamim, it was, it wow. didn't have any, uh, it didn't have any blemish because a blemished animal, it couldn't be used for a korban. So therefore it has to tell you, that's why it says from the behemot, it doesn't matter Right, that uh, that it was uh, not actually good for a korban. Wow. It's from the species. So chelav chulin minayin. How do you know? Even if it's not a sacred animal at all, talmud lamar ki kol. The word kol again we're using. So kol, even though the pasuk is ki kol ochel chelav, it doesn't say it doesn't say ha ochel kol chelav. It says kol ochel chelav. So, the, so how are you learning from that to expand the category of the food? You just told me that since it says kol ochel machmetzed, it means more eaters are included, not more foods. So here you're saying ki kol ochel chelev and you're including more foods. How could it be? So it says hava chad dekay ochelin v'kamera ben nechalin. So it says hatam telek ochelin merabe nechalin chad ika ochelin lo shaviklu leochelin umerabe nechalin. So it says the difference is because over there there's nothing to include in people eating. Right, so so what else are you going to include? People, nobody's allowed to eat chelev. So what are you what are you going to include? Who's to include now? So the, therefore, we use the word kol to expand the category of things that are prohibited, not of people, because there's no, no category That's to expand. Yeah, but in the case of chametz, since we had a a, a a reason, we expanded it to women. So we had a reason to interpret it more literally that the kol ochel machametzet is including is expanding the category of eaters because we had a reason. But when it comes to chelav, there's no reason to exclude women, so you wouldn't need the word kol for that. So the kol must be coming to expand the category, right? So lo shaviklu so it says, what about the rabbis that uh, that that don't have the concept of eruv? They don't have the concept. They say that that if chametz is mixed into another uh, food, that there's no lotas at all. It's not under the lotas at all, right? It doesn't mean that they think you're allowed to eat it, but it means that they think it's it, you wouldn't get makot for that. So kol lo darshei. Right, so that must mean that they're not taking the pasuk of kol to include anything. So elan nashim mina lehu, right? 
So where, where did they get the idea then that women are obligated in not, not eating chametz? Then if they don't if they don't use the word kol to expand the category, says right. It says that's because kol lo but ki kol The extra word ki kol ochel chametz. The ki kol they will say it expands the category. The two words. Rabbi Eliezer ema kol erabotet anashim ki kol erabotet erovo. So why don't we say well then? For Rabbi Eliezer, there's also two words. So the kol could come to include women. And the ki kol could come to include... Mixture. Also mixtures. So v'chitei ma ki kol Rabbi Eliezer lo darish. Maybe you'll say that Rabbi Eliezer doesn't make that kind of drasha, but it's not true. V'atanya se'or baltaktiru. It says that you're not allowed to bring se'or. You're not allowed to bring chametz as an offering to God. So enli ala kulo That's true if the entire thing you're bringing is chametz. How do you know if you have even part of the mincha that you're bringing is chametz? In other words, that you have the handful that you put on the altar and most of it is uh, matzah, but a little bit became chametz. How do you know that's also not allowed? Because it says the word again, kol, right? Because because Right, so How do you know that even if it's mi- if it's a mixture that it's mixed into the mincha, it's also prohibited? And and because the key adds an even further drasha. Man So you see that even though it's obviously Rabbi Eliezer is the author of that brayta because he's interpreting the word kol, and then he's interpreting the word kikol. Right, because initially he used the word kol to mean that uh, even if part of the thing that you're offering is chametz, it's prohibited. And then eruvo, even if you can't see it, meaning mixed in somewhere is some chametz, even though you can't see it, that's kikol. He's interpreting not only kol, but also kikol. So why here doesn't he also interpret kol lerabot tanashim? Why doesn't he expand his uh, category and use the word ki kol to learn two things? Why does he only want to learn one thing? And the Gemara ends by saying kashia. We don't know the answer to that. Why does Rabbi Eliezer not fully like exhaust the drasha? And in addition to including women from the word kol, also in, include mixtures of chametz from ki kol and say that even mixtures of chametz would be chayav karet. Because that would seem to be very logical based on his approach. Because you see that he does interpret each one of those words, you know, in, independently to uh, learn something from it. So you should include not only women but also mixtures of chametz. But in the end, we see the bottom line it says kasha. They don't know the answer to that. But uh, the machlok between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim is if chametz is mixed into something else, uh, is that is eating that a lota said that you get makot for? So you have a soup that has like an ingredient of chametz in it. Is that going to be something you're chayav karet, uh, that you're chayav makot for? Everyone agrees not karet. Are you going to get karet? Are you going to get makot for that? Or are you going to uh, not get any punishment at all for that? And then there's a whole discussion about under what circumstances. Like I had mentioned the other day, the Rambam is of the opinion that if you have chametz in a mixture that is, um, where if you eat that mixture, then within uh, within the amount of time of kedei achilat pras, whatever it is, you will end up eating a kazayit of chametz. So that's definitely a lotase according to everyone. And when is when is it that you don't have any makot? It's when it's less than that. When there's a small amount of chametz where it's prohibited. He says kol machmetzet. It's tell you what it's prohibited, even the smallest amount. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get any punishment. But according to him, if you eat. Uh, if there's enough of a distribution of chametz in the mixture that after eating, let's say, what's called kadeachilat pras, you eat a certain amount, you're going to eat a kazait every few minutes. You're going to eat a kazait, so then you would you would say that you would get makot even for that, even according to uh, the, the halacha. Right. But what, 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 what,